modes of thought in Interran literature. Second year classics, Harvard University. Only perceive time as an arrow, but perhaps we're only seeing a small sliver of the circle at any given time. And the rest of it is just beyond our view. Okay, that's it for today, everyone. Um, don't forget your essay topics for your final paper. They go up on the class webpage today, so take a look. And uh, do your own research. Search, search, right, right. And uh, do your own research. And Oh, my nose. Need a tissue? Thanks. Um, class dismissed, everyone. What the fuck? Can anyone tell us what we're looking at here? Yeah? The Lobongoga. First mathematic artifact dates to 30,000 BC, if I remember correctly. 35. BCE actually very good there's quite a popular meme about it yes my young friends there is such a thing as an archaeological meme <laughs> quote when I was a student at Cambridge I remember an anthropology professor holding up a picture of a bone with 28 incisions carved on it this is often considered to be man's first attempt at a calendar she explained she paused as we dutifully wrote this down. My question to you is this. What man needs to mark 28 days? I would suggest to you that this is woman's first attempt at a calendar. So once again, we come back to language and gender in academics. Everybody, let's do our part individually and collectively to move beyond the kind of misapprehensions that make us see everything through uh, male gaze and in a frame of patriarchy, okay? There's a 28-day calendar marked on a bone from 35,000 BCE. We don't know what gender the person was who made this. The fact that it's 28 makes us think of the lunar calendar. It also makes us think of the human menstrual cycle. So we just don't know. Smart idea to embrace what we don't know here. <clears throat> At the risk of being labeled anti-feminist, there are some issues with this interpretation, as powerful as it may be. Can anyone tell me why that is? Hyrong? There's 29 incisions on the bone, not 28. And it's broken off Right, and women's menstrual cycles vary widely as well, right? We know that physiologically. Uh, I show you this as a cautionary tale. Much of our interpretation of artifacts is colored by our own perceptions and our wants. Artifacts don't care about your feelings, kid. Boom. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm funny. Okay, today we're going to be talking about the Antaran calendar and what we can extrapolate 
to Here's what their conceptualization of time. Societies shape their concept of time in order to suit their social needs, which then perpetuates into their rituals and customs. For example, a college buddy of mine is studying the Mandawa tribe in the Amazon. The tribe has no word for time or periods of time like month or years. They have no clocks or calendars, which some say means they don't have the notion of time as a framework in which events occur. They don't celebrate birthdays. They don't know how old they are. As always, let's start with the relevant discovered texts. We're going to be working mostly off fragments here, unfortunately. Um, fragment um, um, 1b Stop. describes Mem Tehila waiting for his lover to return. Stop. Stop. Counting the almost every single crashing rhythmic pattern that humans have been using across cultures and across history. A strange exception is Indian classical music, but all the other traditional musical rhythms of the world, they all follow the basic structure. So, using these structures, we can create the Bossanova, Kumi, nearly all the various traditional rhythms of African influence and It seems this mathematical device has been intuitively present in our brains from the beginning of music. You're right. I do not believe Antara exists. Okay, I'm quoting here. And he stared sightlessly onward until his gaze cycled back to him. And she and fell backwards backwards into his In this, he made the moment. He created the hours and the days, and sick with longing, he birthed the seasons to winter and to summer. Now, combined with the etchings found in Prime A of images of the full lunar cycle arranged in a circular pattern, we can posit that Antara, like a lot of early civilizations, the Babylonians, Egyptians, Maya, Greeks, Jews, Chinese, used a lunar cycle as the basis for their calendar. Their major festivals and holidays, agricultural... The next thing we look for is some sort of melodic structure. And again, we were running into the walls until we thought of the number nine. Um, to back up for a second, most ancient civilizations built their concepts of time around the Earth's cycles, the observed movement of celestial bodies, the seasons, the human life cycle. This cyclical perception, time as a circle, places great value on the past in judging the present and the future. Hold on a second. What we're saying is, if you're seeing time as a circle, 
instead of a one-dimensional line in which you can only move forward, that your relationship with the future and the past is different, right? So in this way, Western cultures value action, while cyclical cultures, cultures that use the cyclical nature of time, value reflection. Linear time creates a beginning and an end, and time cannot be regained. While cyclical time, it's, it's not a scarce commodity, you're just going to come back and back and back and back. Linear time, in the sense of calendars, schedules, watches, and computers, they all allow us to predict the future, so we think. This train leaves at 9 a.m. and arrives to the next station at 9-11. This eliminates the unknowns to the best of our you know, ability. On the opposite wall from fragment 3681b, there's another story that describes the goddess's lover, the musician Mem Iktal on his next adventure. He is caught and punished by the goddess's immortal partner who murders all his children. And the lover is forced to repeat that moment over and over for eternity, like this ancient horrific Groundhog's Day, right? Now, this is really interesting because another fragment repeats the musical sequence that we discussed over the summer and he finally escapes the loop. Playing back the musical sequence, which brings him back to the moment before the god kills his children, the act of pedicide. He's unable to change the events of the past, but he's also no longer stuck repeating those events. Until about 1915, when Einstein presented his theory of general relativity, time was, in the Western thinking, absolute. It was an absolute moving forward at this measurable, steady rate. Post-relativity, time was understood to move at a rate that depended on the observer. Linear time values the present, always in service to the future. Thus, Western cultures value action. I'm a little confused. About what? You wrote a book on Uruk and the Chico Norte. Everyone thought you were going to be the next Joseph Campbell. But then this weird and terrible thing with zero evidence you must know people are talking about you behind your back. I fought to. This isn't working. I admit, the evidence is getting harder to find. But we it have is to be there. careful. But it's all secondhand, Professor. 
You're making claims about an entire civilization based on secondhand reports that could be tainted or worse. Only perceive time as an arrow, but perhaps we're only seeing a small sliver of the circle at any given time. The rest of it is just beyond our view. Okay, that's it for today, everyone. Um, don't forget your essay topics for your final paper. They go up on the class webpage today, so take a look. And uh, do your own research, all right? Um, professor, you have blood on your shirt. Oh, my nose. Yeah. Thanks. Um, class dismissed, everyone. Modes of Thought in Interran Literature. This podcast is made possible by Harvard University, a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the Peeler Prize in Archaeological Literature, and the Harbridge Family Trust, with an in-kind donation and production assistance from Wolf at the Door Studios. For more information and a reading list, please visit modesofthoughtpodcast.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Are you two still awake? Dad, we're too excited! You'll be tired at Mockery Manor tomorrow, and it's bigger than ever, so you really do need to sleep. Daddy, tell us about the new expansion! Okay, okay. Yay! Once upon a time, there was a wonderful place, Mockery Manor. Everyone loved it, but sometimes it felt lonely. The manor longed for a companion, so they built a whole new park right next door and called it Claytonville. And it was the... Rootinest, tootinest place you ever did see. Yee-haw! Hop on board the brand new Mockery Railroad all the way to Claytonville. Toot-toot! In Claytonville, there are four cowboy lands to explore. Lasso a goat in Farmin Valley. Kiss your girl's best friend in Lovelorn Town. Stop it, Terry. And in Cowboy Christmas Town, hop on down to the Bluegrass Grotto to meet Cowboy Santa. Ho, ho, ho down! And are you brave enough to ride the wildest ride in Claytonville? Look out, it's the Four Spurs Pantry! Two parks in one and only $19.99 for a family of four. And how about you? Yeah, that's right. You. Listening to this. Are you ready to come back? To Mockery Manor. Season 3. Available now.